You're listening to Gatefold Gateway Podcast, a musical journey through time. And here are your hosts. Right. Hey guys, welcome to another fantastic episode of the Gatefold Gateway podcast as standard operating procedures. I am here with (laughs) Mr. Joe Green. Hello. How are you, bro? I am okay. Yes. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Before we dive into our interview, Joe, I want to get your thoughts on some news this week that's come out i think it's fair to let the listeners know that we're conducting today's interview um a couple of days out from when an announcement was made about social distancing measures just being kind of gone and Relaxing. the country will kind of get back to normal um, yeah. yeah and a, a couple of our favorite festivals two thousand trees and Reading, have announced that they will go ahead as planned um yeah as they are going to be allowed now from the middle of june which is awesome um it is good news i'm not getting my hopes up super too much um ditto i want your thoughts on it joe i just want to know how you feel because you're in a band and you're looking Um, to gig and yes i am um yeah i I think similar to yourself really i am it's obviously brilliant news it's amazing that they've given us the light at the end of the tunnel it seemed as if it might never come but clearly it is coming now um but yeah similar to yourself mate i'm kind of dubious i'm hoping that we don't fuck it in the first like three weeks whatever and just because we're so excited by being allowed out yeah that you know we all go it's like the last days of Rome or something, and we all end up having to go back to lockdown again. Yeah. No. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm so super happy. Have you booked? Have you booked stuff? Did you say? Yeah, I um, I've got hopefully two shows coming up um, in Gloucester and in Bridgewater. Obviously, the great Graham Hodgson, who was basically like single-handedly keeping everyone gigging during lockdown and COVID and everything. Yeah. Um, his two venues. Well, like the first two to straight away get you know get the diaries back open or whatever. So yeah, twenty fifth of June, um, hopefully, and then the second of July. That's will, we will be doing a music. Fantastic, and hopefully news. more as well. Hopefully more, but yeah, wow. it's good news about trees and stuff. Yeah, happy about that. It, I did look over the lineup again today, and I was like, mm, maybe you're maybe. coming. You're coming. I'll be there probably <laughs> um, if they'll let me. They will let you, and we're going. Um, so let's crack into, <laughs> let's get into this week's guest. Exactly. Um, yes. Uh, so yeah, everybody who listens to the podcast week in week out will know that um, the majority of the people we get on the show are in bands that we know and DJs. They talk a lot about the alternative scene um, there's a lot of chat about um, rock music and metal and punk if you follow our gatefold gateway and um, playlist on spotify you'll know that we do include like everything we talk about um, but today joe we've got a guest who 
I'm just super excited to talk about something a little bit different and yes, just just touch on um, how you know this guy and and what he's going to bring to the conversation. Well, we're mixing it up, as you say. Um, I, <laughs> as always, um, he is a good friend. Um, we've known each other for a really long fucking time, like well, well, well over ten years. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but as you say. Normally it's a bunch of Gribos. Today it's a cool hip hop uh, and like, you know, a good eclectic music man. Um, he's an amazing drum and bass producer. Um, he introduced me to Liquid drum and bass. So I'm very grateful for that. And also Rick James. Um, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't know who that man is. So, you know, just the, the, the And you the listen gratitude. to a lot of Rick James. I do. I do. Thanks to our guest today. Yes. He was the first person to kind of switch me on to that. That and Curtis Mayfield. Um, as I say, incredible producer um, known as Soul Method. You need to go and check him out. And I'm sure you will after this podcast. Uh, I got, yeah, just we go way back. There's two, There's two, so many stories I can't tell you. Um, so it's probably best that we just um, meet him. Um, Mr. Joe Dark, how Hello. are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, big ups for the uh, massive shout out there, Joe. We've, uh, yeah, we so have, right. I don't know about incredible, but yeah, we've known each other a hell of a long time. <laughs> uh, it, that's an incredible. <clears throat> well, knowing each other, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, No, but I mean, incredible yeah. drum and bass producer. I mean, I'm good. You are. I'm... No, you are. You are amazing. <clears throat> Very flattering to hear you talk of me like that. <clears throat> um, D- don't I get just... used to it. Just before we crack on into the chat about what you're at the, up to at the moment, Joe, obviously you're both called Joe. Um, yeah. Yes. So let's try and not confuse it too much. <laughs> but yeah, like, like Joe said, you are known on the music scene at the moment as Soul Method. So, Correct. Um, and you are conducting this podcast. You're in your studio, which is amazing. We've had a couple of guests that managed to still make music during a difficult time. So yeah. what are you, what's been the experience like for you this last year? So actually, weirdly, it's been probably the most productive year in my musical career, full stop, to be honest with you. Um, I've had more time to just reflect and look over my production skills and be able to sort of hone in on what I want to do musically. Um, and yeah, to be honest with you, I wouldn't change a thing. I'm quite sort of grateful to have had the time and to be put on furlough to be able to work on projects and and look into my production in depth a bit more. So like myself and Joe, Joe's in a band, I'm a DJ, you're a producer. And a DJ, yeah. You, you've got a normal job, which now you're, you haven't been doing. And yeah. you, that's allowed you to take that time out to do music full time for this for that period correct yeah so um it's been a bit of a weird one so obviously yeah i've got a normal job i work in a, a kitchen um at a cafe local cafe in gloucester um which obviously pays the bills and you know provides you know me with my living um i also make a little bit of money from music but not enough to sort of justify the bills unfortunately um but yeah like i said i've, I've been fortunate that i've got room at home where I've, i have done a bit of juggling i moved my studio home because i actually share a studio with another <sighs> gloucester producer called virtue he's here right now actually weirdly but he's being very quiet so we can actually conduct this uh, <laughs> podcast um but yeah uh he has this room he's a key worker as well so he's been spending time in here i made a bit of a move so I took my studio home work from home and then when we could sort of reintegrate after the first lockdown I moved back in and they've made it all safe so that we can actually be in our rooms 
at a distance and work and do what we need to do you know so um nice. yeah it's all been it's all been great you know i'm, I'm I, <laughs> I, I i don't, I don't want to whinge you know i've, yeah, I've actually yeah. had a really, yeah. really I think, good experience i think it's awesome that like people it, the last 12 months has definitely been tough um but some of the people we have spoken to it's it's still really awesome about people being positive and they've actually gained something from it so that's really really awesome to hear joe um mm. and you've got some exciting news about some a project you're doing at the moment so yeah well i'm doing few projects really i mean i've never sort of kept to one thing you know unfortunately for myself it gives me a bit of a headache sometimes but um <laughs> So I, I've, I've got a hip hop project I'm working on with some local MCs and singers. So one of them's called Grizzo, the singer's called Grove, and that's kind of funk infused hip hop stuff, which I'm super, super like happy with. Um, that should be coming out hopefully later on this year. But again, that's been pushed back because of COVID. Um, and then I've got my drum and bass projects, which are you never know what's going to go on with them that some people either like that music or they don't it depends where you send it to labels um but i've been fortunate enough to be able to send some of my material and it gets signed so um i believe in three days time one of my tracks is dropping on a compilation album on v liquid v which is um quite a good drum and bass label so i'm pretty chuffed with with, with how that's gone really that is amazing nice. and um congratulations man yeah, massive congratulations. Um, Thank you. My experience of drum and bass comes from, um, this is going to sound really weird, and it's probably absolutely the norm for you, um, but I was lucky enough to DJ at Reading Festival the last couple of years. and um, I was born in Reading, which is weird, but there you go. There we go. So you know the area, you know the scene, and it's changed quite a lot in Reading, whereas it used to be a rock festival, and now it's more mainstream pop and hip-hop R&B. And yep. the silent disco there, I never thought I'd see it, but just pressing play on a Mackie G track and watching... <laughs> 5,000 kids start a mosh pit and I didn't think moshing was really the thing for, for for drum and bass kids but they seemed to just just the energy was ridiculous so that's a bit of a well more of a, a weird thing in drum and bass is that yeah as as, as you've got me on a stumped one there uh, so basically mosh pits <laughs> and drummer drum and bass mosh pits and drum and bass um I don't necessarily can I'm, I'm not a fan I'm not gonna lie but they do happen and they because there is a harder style of drum and bass, of course. Um, I mean, you said Mackie G. I'm not. A, I'm not. I don't want to put anyone down, but it's not my thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see how kids would like to mosh to that. Uh, but for me, definitely. I think the angst and all the frustration of being at Reading when you've waited all day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get and that. You're at a silent disco. That might. And you know, I, whatever they're taking, that's up for them. Um, yeah. Yeah. There, sure. there could be, but. <laughs> That's my experience of drum and bass, like you said. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's so many variants of it. It's such a huge genre. So this um, is it. Yeah, like it, what what it is with with drum and bass is you. It's almost got like a blank canvas of drums and bass, but you can apply whatever sounds you really really particularly want to put in there. So you've got people like Pendulum, which which take from a quite a rock background, uh, Concord Dawn, uh, those kind of producers. Um, they're, they're very rock orientated and probably started out in metal bands. Um, whereas I sort of quite. I don't like saying it, but I'm a bit of a purist. I like the sort of Ronnie size and sort of earlier stuff, the known as jungle, really. But it's all drum and bass jungle, really, at the end of the day. Um, but that kind of jazzy stuff kind of got me really evoked into it because I was brought up on soul and funk music. So, um, Amazing. My, yeah, man, it's one of those, like, uh, I yeah, a bit of a purist, I suppose. 
Excellent. That's a, a, a perfect segue, I feel, I feel into our first too. question then. <laughs> so, obviously, from what you've said, what was your first purchase, Joseph Dart? My first purchase? Of Solmes. So my f- AKA Solmes. So, uh, so, Sorry, go Yeah, on. so like I, I didn't really start <laughs> buying music till quite late on um, because my dad was a soul DJ of sorts and he had a vast record collection. So I'd get hand-me-downs and I think my dad was a bit crazy he'd buy like doubles of albums and stuff I think we've all done it I've, I think I've got like two albums three albums of the same thing because you forget you've got it or you just like oh it's so good I'm gonna buy it again um mm. and uh, there's obviously re-releases remasters and whatever else so I was like hand-me-downed two great albums which was What's Going On by Marvin Gaye and uh, a live album of Maze and Frankie Beverly in New Orleans and I mean for me, they were like my starting point of listening to that kind of music. And then, but my second answer to that was, you know, like uh, I went shopping in Woolworths and picked up Jamiroquai's Can't Heat on single. I was very much into that very <laughs> funk driven sound, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah. Um, in, yeah. Kind of the, the Frank, Frankie Beverly uh, maze thing. That was a, I hadn't heard of them until you kind of mentioned them. And I checked okay. them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, um, yeah like, it's, it's, it, I'm, it makes sense. You can kind of hear, like, because obviously they're quite a, seven, that's like 70s, aren't they? Like mid-70s. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, and they're weirdly, they are um, Marvin Gaye's favourite band. So they're, they're kind of interlinked. Well, there you in a, go. In a weird way. Um, but you can, you could, you could hear the kind of, it, it, it reminded me instantly of Acid Jazz, which is obviously where, Jama- what, Jamari Quiet would, is. Yeah, man. So I was, I was like, yeah, it's, I like how you're, my brain is working on you're this. You're consistent. Yeah. yeah, there's a total consistency to your... To, to your, the sounds. To best and, yeah. And Jamiroquai, awesome. like, really brought, like, that jazzy, like, it was it was alternative, but it was so different to the rock stuff that was mm. kind of on MTV and VH1 at the time. But Jamiroquai was, like, mainstream, but he bought something totally different and left field from pop music, didn't he? So yeah, I think he basically added the, the the jazz and funk soul to a more sort of accessible, you know, a popular. I think it was done basically in like a very pop structure that was more accessible to people listening to rather than your traditional, very full on structured funk soul music, which was at one point very mainstream. Don't get me wrong, but to bring that back and put it out there, I think um, Jamiroquai did that, and it was. I wouldn't say it was manufactured because it wasn't, but I think to a degree definitely hit hit that market you know the, the popular market with that sound yeah more so than other previous bands you know like the brand new heavies and, and whatever else i was going to mention them actually because <clears throat> when when it's uh, we always kind of talk about li- listening to certain uh, bands and albums and stuff and how it takes you back to a time yeah. and brand new heavies especially like midnight at the oasis was like one of their biggest songs and yeah, listening yeah. to emergency on planet earth they like any any song off that album instantly takes me back to 1993, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> which is obviously when they all came back or when they all came out. So, yeah, yeah. there is something, I, but it's got a really British sound, you know. Yeah, which which um is uh, sort of indicative of like Incognito, which was before then, mm. you know, and and that's like a very British London funk sound, which isn't replicated anywhere else in the world, which is pretty much where I think 
JK and Jamiroquai as a band pinched from and just put all the best bits in there, structured it in a pop way and just went, here you go. And, and people, you know, lapped it up. I mean, it's a bit of a, sh I don't think it was like massively chart toppy. I think it, they only had one, uh, one track that actually hit the charts. And I think that was the Godzilla tune. And, and I think JK even hates that track himself. But I mean, some of the funk infused stuff is just insanely great. You know, I, I really enjoy it. And, and yeah, they have one of the best bassists of all time, Mr. Stuart Zender, who was just like, he's not, he actually left in the end, didn't he? But um, yeah, like kind of that period, like Kanji, no, yeah. I think he was still in, still on that album because that's um, synchronized. Is it synchronized? Like Candy Heat Time? Um, yeah. That's the record, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I bought it on single, which is it's a bit cheaty. It's not my first album, is it? <laughs> well, but, no, uh, that's okay. That's fine. It's okay. It's, it's, it's a good, um, like uh, when everyone's younger, I think the introduction to music is either the radio, um, what you listen to in your parents' car, but going out that first time you go into town with your friends and you you might not have 20 quid or to spend on a record, but you think, oh, I'll get a single because I heard it on the radio. It's, it's a good way of like stuck to purchase music. I mean, it's great how you thought I was going out with my friends at that point. I was actually with my <laughs> mum in Woolworths, but I mean... <laughs> you were after the pick and mix, really, weren't you? Yeah, do you, do you know what I'm saying? And a small can of Coke and a, a Jamiroquai CD. But like... Um, <laughs> Yeah, less than a fiver as well. Yeah, I mean that that was when you could listen to a track and enjoy it for the track and buy that track. You know, um, mm. you didn't necessarily have to buy an album. I think that's kind of lost now, though, isn't it? That culture um, of buying music, obviously, because it's all digital yeah. now. Exactly. Um, but like, yeah, I used to enjoy that. I mean, that in itself was a, a great thing to be able to do: go and buy, purchase music from a shop, have a physical product, put it in a CD player, and listen to it on repeat. You know, on repeat. Yeah. Massively, but, so. yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, a lot of those. <laughs> I think, I think the single after that was Whitney Houston, but we won't go there, we'll carry on from that. <laughs> we are, we are fans of Whitney Houston, yeah. We've on touched podcast. on, um, so, uh, Whitney before. Um, you're, Whitney in, before. You're, in, you're in good company, yeah. You're in, you're safe, in good company. Safe company. Um, so yeah, Joe, you've talked about your the stuff that you're doing at the moment, you're producing, yeah, um, and you've got stuff on Spotify, which people can obviously go and check out, um, yeah. So You've got a studio, you're living in any day you want in the history of music. What album out there is there that you would have just been like, I would have loved to have been part of the recording of that? Um, so, uh, just trying to think. Um, Ron, yeah, Ronnie Size, I, I, I'd probably say. Ronnie Size, New Forms, great album. It was very pioneering of its time. And mm. just to see uh, how they were producing that, because obviously people weren't making that music really they were but not quite the same as how that album came out if that makes sense yeah so like if you don't know the track uh, brown paper bag by ronnie size it's quite a big tune a lot of people probably would have heard it huge tune it, huge tune that in itself Great. was just kind of you know it was groundbreaking you know that's why that won the mercury prize award it, it definitely for me, is is a is an amazing sort of crossover album. You've, again, it's quite popular. It's got that electronic sound, the electronic music thing going on. Samplers, you name it, it's all thrown in there. And then you've got live elements as well. So it's a great mix of just what was going on and how it's recorded. It would have been amazing to be around to see what was going on then. You know, this yeah. was one of, one of the things I wanted to ask you. Um, was because you would know probably better than I would. Um, was that him? His live the, his live elements and kind of using the upright bass and everything. Um, was yeah. that the first time that that had been done in kind of with, within that mute, like kind of with drum and bass or jungle, or whatever? Uh, or... So I want to say, yeah, 
but I'm I'm sure there's probably someone that would tell me I'm wrong. But like um, the only other people I can think of is Easy Rollers, who did like the um, soundtrack to Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and they were drummer bass as well. But I, um, again, on a popular level, Ronnie Size yeah. did it. You know, do you know what I'm saying? They released, of, like, yeah, I got you. They released like a couple of tunes that would have had, but it might have been sample based rather than actually having someone playing a double bass, you know? And and writing the line. Because that that is a, that line was written for that song, wasn't it? It wasn't... Correct. It wasn't a sample. Yeah, it was, it, it exactly. was uh, people jamming in a studio and like... Exactly. The, guy, the bass is called Cy John. He's Bristol based. And I think he's still going now. And, and you know, he just uh, came in and just laid down that bass line. So Ronnie... Just like, Im- imagine being in that session though. Exactly. I don't think it's, again, it's like, this is how, I mean, because me and Joe have worked together before as well. I'll, I'll basically, sorry to, to clarify, Joe, me and Joe Green have <laughs> made music together. But that's like, people will listen to that and think that's amazing that like Joe is known for his like alternative stuff and his big bands and you're like doing your producing and your drum bass stuff. It's, it's amazing to hear that you two guys are like actually collabing on stuff. Uh, yeah. As we have done, we will do, we will carry on yeah, to. It's... I mean, um, me and Joe obviously met at college, so there's a bit of a backstory to it all. We, we, we met at college. <laughs> Go on, tell them. Tell the story. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think it was kind of, we were put into separate groups. I think it was like a group of three and you had to come up with a track. Um, I mean, this is only one of the stories. It's not like, the sto- <laughs> there's not the story. But uh, we, we got our heads together. Joe was clearly a very talented musician and I knew my way around producing Stop. bits and bo- bobs and whatever else kind of not not as good as i do now but I, I knew what i was doing ish and we managed to come up with some pretty good stuff and um not to blow on trumpets it did sound really good so we, we did just, get a distinction from it so yeah, you know. so like we <laughs> so we decided you know maybe we should try and do something in the in the live format of what we're doing here and uh, we did for a little while it was quite we fun did. um i'm not gonna say bad names because vast as well yeah so, no. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna say band names or anything, Just but we it, out. let them let them keep. Yeah. But it was a it was a great sort of way of learning. I learned a lot from Joe, and I think Joe learned little bits from me, and we all learned from each other. So, yeah, massively. So it, it it was just a really great experience, and that friendship has been that's standed the test of time. We still talk. We do. I mean, we don't see each other every day of the week, but we can't anyway because it's lockdown. But you know, like um, when we do <laughs> ha- when we do hang out, like it's obviously like we've not you know not yeah not been yeah. apart yeah. um very so organic our, friendship isn't it yeah so our friendship is amazing and like i wouldn't change it for the world and obviously it's, it's all based on music as well yeah so i have to you know me and joe stop stop doing that <laughs> so yeah like uh we we spent many a time with my dad so just to make it all relative yeah. as well my dad was actually a soul dj he owned a lot of records and joe and my dad could talk music better than i could because I, I didn't know half of these artists that they were on about so yeah like yeah, just it went from strength to strength, and there was lots of nice things that just sort of kept us together. And they still have, and I still DJ as well. So I play a funk and soul night at um, Cafe Running. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that venue. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. It's fine. Definitely. Fine. Um, so it's a wonderful yeah. venue in Gloucester. If, uh, if yeah, people aren't is. aware of the Cafe Rene. Yeah. So I'm their resident, one of their resident DJs there, and I play a soul funk night. And I just play all the classic soul and funk records my dad would have played, and played with you know to, to Joe and and whoever else, and and sort of it lives with me still. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's it's the nice legacy to... continues. Exactly right. So it's just well, nice to be able to. It's keep really that going. good that like you're keeping that going and um, yeah, and like, it's popular we're... music. 
it's popular music. People will know the majority of the tracks. And when we, when you said about Brown Paper Bag by Ronnie Size, it's going back to that. It's a song that you, you know, we've had people come on the podcast and talk about music and they, they're like, you might not have heard of the artist, but you'll know the song. Yeah. And as soon as it starts playing, mm. you know the song. And, and that's a great example from that Ronnie Size record. Um, finally, just to touch on Ronnie Size, um, yeah, obviously it. a massive pioneer in that genre. Um, he, what's he up to now? Is he still like still bringing out big records, still doing his stuff? So weirdly, I only saw his social media. Social media is a massive part of this shit now, this stuff now, sorry. Um, and he posted yesterday he's got a big project coming out. So I guess an album maybe from Ronnie's size. But um, yeah, I mean, the thing with drum and bass is it evolves so quickly. Uh, Ronnie was great in his day of creation and when it all started. But because things evolve very quickly and mix downs and whatever else and production and sounds change so so rapidly, he's probably not at the forefront anymore, which I'm not taking away from because I still love Ronnie's size. But um, as far as I'm aware, yeah, he's doing some stuff, but it's not as big as other projects that are coming out at the moment. But with like the power of like the internet and like computers getting better and people being able to do stuff at home, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot more people doing stuff now. So, it, like you said, it's kind of if you're if you're in the right place at the right time and with like applications like SoundCloud and YouTube, you could just get your music out there, can't you? Yeah, pretty much. And Bandcamp's another great one. And I think they've been great in lockdown for a lot of artists. Not that I volunteered myself. I could have done stuff. But they do like a, a is it like a free Friday? No, it's free like, Friday, yeah, yeah. So Once every month. Yeah, so they don't actually charge people to sell them. They, well, they don't take their percentage, do they? Yeah. So all of the money goes to that artist, which I think is great, you know, that 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 people like that are doing that. Um, again, money and music's just a it's a weird one, isn't it, really? Yeah. It's changed. So you all have no more jobs, isn't it? Like, what's the <laughs> point? It's not really what we're in it for anymore. Just, uh, well, it's, well, it was, I don't think create. it was... Well, yeah, it's, it's almost like a habit, isn't it, music? Not even yeah, a habit. Yeah. It's just a, it's a passion. It's a love. You do it because you want to yeah. do it. And and there's times where it breaks you. And then it's, there's times where it completely elates you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, mm. it's, it's almost an addiction, right? But I think yeah, that's really, it's really, really cool that you mentioned Bandcamp and what they're doing. Um, if, if you're not aware and you listen to music, if you get your music off Apple and Spotify, um, there is a place where you can go and check out artists. It's called Bandcamp and they basically sell music rather than you stream it. And obviously being a massive company, they do take a percentage. But yeah, like you said, they've been amazing through lockdown. If bands have got records on there or singles, they don't take a percentage for like one Friday a month. It's a brilliant day to go and buy someone's music and, and help all- them out. Yeah, because it all goes to them. And I, I think, yeah, that in itself is just amazing that some things have been amazing through lockdown. Yeah. And mm. you've always got to look at the positives, really, from what we've got. And that maybe that's the way we should be moving forward. Yeah, really, Absolutely. Really, like, really like that. Mm. Absolutely good stuff. So moving on, um, a question that we ask on the regular. Uh, God forbid you your house is on fire. Mm. Um, what would be the one record that you would save? Uh, I, again, I don't mean to repeat, but Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Probably for me, it's a great album. Nice. It is still, a great album. Still, ta- it still stands up today, you know. Massively so, e- eerily, eerily so. Eerily. I think um, it's incredible. I mean, well, I don't know if it is incredible that it does still stand up. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, it's in bad, terms, really, isn't it? In terms of its, in terms of its messages and things, I mean, musically, it's an absolutely phenomenal album. 
Yeah, um, which which they weren't going to put out. Barry Gordy did not want to put that record out because it was a concept album and it was too political and it didn't sound like it should be on Motown. And then, <laughs> lo and behold, it was probably, if not one of the best-selling albums on that label. So, you know, goes to show some people aren't always right, you know? It's exactly. exactly. Um, but yeah, again, like I say, it's, it's very political. Uh, it is a concept album. It still stands up to date. But like you said, is that a good or a bad thing? You know, surely shit should have changed by then. Sorry. Well, yeah, you think. I mean, how old is it now? Like, when did uh, it came? It's 50 like, years, 50 years, 50 year anniversary yes. this year. That is bonkers. We're um, not going to fall into the political, we're not going to fall into the politics trap. We're not going to start talking about <laughs> politics. But yeah. It is no, no. no. You know, no. I know that's just, that was a disclaimer for our listeners, just in case. Okay, <laughs> so you're aware we're not going to get all weird in politics. Yeah, we're not going to start Political. talking BLM. Don't worry, you're safe here. But um, yeah, it's um, it is an amazing album, and it's got some absolutely corking singles on it. And that's a really hard. That, one of them. That's like a really hard question because there's so many great albums out there yeah. as well. So very just true. On, just true. on the Marvin Gaye thing. Um, the album is obviously renowned as one of the, the best albums of all time. Mm. But when you kind of look into his back catalogue, the, the big singles that you might like, for example, the ones that you play in like your Motown nights, they don't come from that record, do they? They, they genuinely, no, not really, no, not at all. Um, but again, it's not to put you off that record. It's still quite a popular record because the tracks are still very catchy and good you know they're not they're not rubbish tunes um but pre yeah pre marvin gay from that album was the sort of marketing aspect of motown it needed to be very he was much cleaner wasn't he it was it yeah, was, yeah. was clean shaven and he was in suits all the time it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's you know it's kind of it's a image it's that whole yeah exactly it's that whole kind of the whole machine mm. and obviously that's why this album is so important because obviously he was Part yeah. it was as the civil rights had come out, uh, the civil I, rights movement was in, and the Black Panthers and all that stuff was in full swing. Exactly, and, right? and his brother a, went to war as well. Exactly, and the album soundtracks that perfectly. Mm. Um, and I mean, <laughs> even if you look at him on the cover, I mean, the album cover is one of the most famous covers of him with the beard and the amazing beanie. Is it orange? I think orange or red beanie. You're talking about sexual healing now, Joe. It's the wrong album. Oh, sorry, sorry, but he has got a beard. Okay, he's got a fucking beard. He's got a beard. No, he stood in the rain with his collar up. And he That's very... the one. So I actually was thinking of that album, but I yeah, I fucked it. Sorry. Yeah, no. I fuck, he's got his that quality pea jacket on. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, a beard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I and have. A... So I have it displayed in my room. I'm not going to move my laptop. It's <laughs> probably a bad idea. But um, there we go. Sorry. But, but yeah, like it's a great album. Um, and again, I, I don't I don't think there would it, there would be other albums without that one. If that makes sense, he paved yeah, he yeah. paved the way for other, for other people to be able to put other albums out on Motown, like Rick James Street Songs. I don't think you'd have got that if Marvin wasn't around. You know, um, loads. I mean, influences loads of people, but there's many even gritty. now towards like the more hip hop stuff and that sort of culture. Yeah, as well, well samples like, and stuff as well. Like yeah. I think it's been sampled quite by a lot of artists and hip hop as well. So. Heavily. But then I I mean I, I'm a fan of most Marvin albums, even ones after that one. So it's even like uh, the really 80s stuff. Uh well that was sexual healing. So um, yeah it's a great album. That that track's great in itself. Um uh again they used the 808 which is what gave birth to hip hop. So you can hear you similarities to to some production that's from that album in what you'd have heard in hip hop records. Um yeah. But like um, 
I Want You, great album. That's after that album. Uh, what's going on? Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I'm, I'm pointing to stuff in my studio. You guys, it's there. It's there. Yeah, yeah it's there. Um, um, finally, to touch on that, the question um, some of the people that we've spoken to on the podcast, when we talk about a record they'd save in a fire, um, yeah. what have you got this on physical, um, I, like on vinyl, tape, CD? Uh, I've got, I've got it on every every format you can think of. I haven't got it on tape. Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I was going to say, do you have it on tape? That'd be amazing. You can no, still th- you can still get tapes. I think I've got. Like, I think I've got like three copies of it on CD, uh, the deluxe edition, and then just two normal released what's going on CDs. But then there's Spotify now, isn't there? Which I'm sure everyone's aware of. We're fans yes. of, but we prefer physicals here. We yeah, are, I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm a, more of a, an avid vinyl guy and I'm, I'm an avid compact disco. This may sound wrong now, but I'm more of a physical man myself as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I don't save company, but I think Spotify is great for some stuff. So, you know, I'm not absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's like if you want to listen to it before you buy it, that's yeah, yeah. That's how Spotify is, you know, ideal for that. It's so. kind of what I do. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, there are like, stuff that I pre-order that I want to make sure I get like the first copy of stuff. Um, I, I'm still doing that massively, but yeah, let's, let's not knock Spotify because I don't no, absolutely I not. get any of the artists that I'm really into. Um, and it's amazing for discovering artists as well. That's like, the you know, best thing about it. Yeah. <laughs> people like, yeah, I like that one. The little bit on the side where you can see what was similar. For, fan, for, 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 for fans of. Yeah. Fans of. Fans of. Yes. Um, yes. So let's crack on with, let's go the other way to what we've been talking about, Joe. You're, you know, we know what you're listening to and what you're playing. Um, if somebody was to come around your house and you were, and they saw a CD on their side and they were like, whoa, I did not expect you to have that, um, what would that be? Uh, it wouldn't necessarily be a CD playlist maybe but i mean uh my- spotify <laughs> playlist yeah <laughs> my- michael mcdonald mate i'm a huge fan <laughs> Joe, are you, I love are, how are you serious yeah i mean i'm actually being serious. okay all right okay oh, oh no it's no no gu- that's fine michael it's- mcdonald is good i like you know he there's a time i like some of his stuff some yeah not all this i'm not saying it's all of it i mean uh, i never my dad used to say oh you should listen to this I just went, nah. And then um, listening back, some of it's actually quite good. Some of mm. it. I'm not saying all of it, some of it, but that's a guilty pleasure right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Daryl uh, Hall, Hall and the uh, and Oates. Uh, was it mate, Hall, Hall and Oates are amazing. There, yeah. is, there, is, there is no question. Yeah. Like, everyone should love Daryl Hall and Oates. Should love Hall and Oates. Hall awesome and Oates. live yeah. as well. Awesome live. I can't go for that, mate. You know, it's great. Hey, uh, oh my god! Have you um have you ever seen the session that you did? There was Cielo a Green. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's very good. And have you did you see oh. the one with um what are they with Chromio? That's the badges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Insane, insane set of musicians and in just an insane session. But yeah. I remember watching them. Um, I I was around Vic Pounty's house before all of this, and he had um a Hall and Oates uh live thing going on. I'm like, oh my god! It was just like, not only the outfits themselves were just like, well, we should be watching it just for this, <laughs> and then obviously the, just the musicianship on stage and just yeah, just incredible, absolutely amazing. 
and so like, good, like better live than you like you would think type thing. But yeah, amazing. So, no, so yeah, again, I think I've, I've I'm throwing I'm throwing loads of different things out, but also like Marilyn Manson, um, Mechanical yes. Animals. I was hoping um, you would mention this. Yeah, it's so one of my um, favorite albums. So it's a great album. Again, incredible album. The crossover on all of it is insanely amazing. So you've got synths, you've got gospel mm. singers, you've got so much <laughs> stuff going on in yeah. that whole entire record. It's just phenomenal that you can put so many different genres into that one. Yeah, which is classed as rock, really. But I mean, you know, is it? Uh, it, yeah, absolutely. It, it touches I mean, on everything from like the sort of more industrial metal stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Into synth like wave stuff, synth wave, and which obviously it's mm. more, it's more of a electronically produced record. So yeah. it's, it's just got so many layers as well. It's layers like, on the record. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, Matt, yeah. He's such a talented songwriter. The, the songs are <laughs> brilliant. He had a great band. Um, yeah. Just I mean, he's not doing too great now, is he, at the moment? But I mean, well, well I, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> in spite of the current news. Yeah, but I mean, that's it, a great it, album. It is an incredible album. I don't like the drugs, but the drugs like me is the track. I think with that's the gospel got, at the end. Yeah, yeah super yeah. funky. It's got clav on it and just some of the sh- just and even slap bass. Awesome. You know, when have you ever heard yeah. slap bass on a on a rock record? That you know, it's, I mean, you do on Rage and stuff like that. But I'm saying for Marilyn Manson, that- from like from a yeah from like a goth perspective, for, if you go like the album before that, I think is Antichrist Superstar. Yeah, to which go is very heavy. That, yeah, yeah. Exactly. To go from like beautiful people and even the look though of the album, like his his whole image was completely different at that point. It was more androgynous. Well, it was more like I'm a boy, but I'm gonna have fake boobs. Robotic. And it was more yeah, and exactly. It was also um, kind of the time when like the Smashing Pumpkins were doing a bit more um sort of industrial stuff as well, though, when they mm. used Machina. I think they were kind of the same sort of era. I, yeah. Know, you might correct me if I'm wrong, but Smashing Pumpkins kind of went that way. Marilyn Manson kind of went that way. Nine Inch Nails were kind of. I was literally out. just about to say Nine Inch um, Nails. There was a lot going on for industrial sort of music at that time. Yeah, another massive. another album. I think that when you like, like if you ever watched a video for Dope Show, it you're like you're instantly put back to when you first saw it. Oh you yeah, know? black and white. Very correct. No, no, it's it's just got that this kind of filter over it. Um, that was just very of the time, yeah. you know, that kind of like late nineties filter that everyone was using. So like Deftones videos had it. And... Uh, Interscope records though, right there. That's what that ah, is. There you um, go. Interscope were obviously a crazy good. Have you watched the Defiant ones? Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. So Interscope, obviously huge label of that era and that they gave birth to so many different people as you're probably aware. Yeah. Limp Biscuit being one of them, who's another guilty pleasure, man. But, um... <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. You yeah, say this... you like Orgy next, I'll be like, what? You'll blow my mind. Well, I, Do you remember I was... Orgy? Can you remember Family Values, the tour? I was so, literally about to say the Family Values tour. Pardon? I had a v- I've got the DVD now as well. Yes! Um, and I've got it on CD. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. with Ramstein and yeah. Ice Cube and yeah. Biscuit and Corn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Orgy. Sorry, I can forget. So okay. yeah, great some, album. Some big bands got on that tour. Um, yeah, yeah, every yeah. year I think. Yeah, Eminem definitely got on there. And, so yeah, Interscope. Uh, yeah, huge, huge um, around huge. that that time. Um, so, Joe, what we're doing at the moment is we're doing something a bit different to what people would have heard on the podcast. We're going to do a couple of quickfire questions. Okay, um, go for it. I've got three for you. 
Three um, quickfire. Three quickfire. Um, just so people get a bit of insight into what you're about. Um, so um, can you name an artist that you used to absolutely adore and for some reason it's just kind of not on the same, you don't really listen to it anymore? Um, yeah, so DJ Shadow, weirdly, which is weird because he's really good still. And I, you mm. know, when just someone dro- just drops off the map slightly, you just forget, yeah. forget them. It's not like I purpose, you know, purposefully went out to forget that music. Just, <laughs> you haven't put him in the bin. He's no. just not popped up on the radar for a minute. He's just, and then you know, like I think sometimes when you know, because of social social media is great. People put put stuff up all the time, um, and I think someone put up a introducing it was like twenty fifth anniversary maybe of the of the album, and I was like, Jesus, that old, and it's it's just a great. He's just great. And again, that's all very sample-based music. In fact, all of it's made from samples. Um, that album, Introducing, by DJ Good. Shadow. Awesome. Um, you're in the back of your parents' car growing up. What is on the what is on the radio in the car? I'm getting sick of saying this, but it's Marvin Gaye, what's going <laughs> on? <laughs> Sorry, guys. No. Yeah, literally. In that, if that's your inspiration, then yeah, it's got to start somewhere, it's, hasn't it? It's, it's, well, it's my dad's favourite artist so and it just was constantly on in the car but there you go and finally um can you remember this is this is probably the hardest question because you have to think yeah. so, you have to think so far back um what was the last gig you went to before march 2020 when lockdown hit march 2020 so i i don't know if i'm cheating here but so i went to a hospitality gig which is drone based predominantly um hospital records in february i think it was um so there's loads of people there that was the gig i went to but then after the f- first bit of lockdown we were allowed a little bit of freedom yeah and there was a few small venues that were doing some social distance gigs and i went to see joe's band death is a girl Whee! oh big yeah. shout out joe green shameless plug love that yes yeah joe. it was nice just to have a little catch up from a meter and a half away from each other or whatever it was yeah yeah exactly. um, but yeah have you got anything booked for later this year where you're going to go to a gig and it's going to probably happen so weirdly um i haven't i'm not the thing is i don't want to sort of set things in stone yet because i'm still no. not sure whether we're going very to get sensible there. very sensible um but i mean obviously i've got my residency i'm hoping to get that back up and going with renee and see where we go with that um and again, yeah, I'll just attend gigs for now, I think. Um, might do a few <laughs> streams, but I've been taking it easy. I've just been focusing on production. Perfect. Wise. Wise move. Very wise. wise. Move. Very wise. Um, Joe, Soul Method. <laughs> um, yes. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today and giving us a bit of an insight into a different style of music that people wouldn't have heard me and Joe Green talk about too much. Um, so it's really, really interesting to get your take on um, the whole drum and bass and soul and, and that sort of stuff. It's amazing. No, thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure coming on and big ups for sort of having me to talk about all this stuff with you guys, you know? It's yeah, a great absolutely. opportunity. Absolutely. We're not exclusive to the bands that we love or our friends' bands we want to hear from. Everybody in every walk of life, every sort of music. Um, no, yeah, and that's perfect, you know. Um, and again, it's great. Well, obviously, I know Joe, which is, I'm glad that he asked me. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I, he asked you. And uh, in, in return, hopefully, you know, if I get a podcast going, I'll get you guys on, eh? Yes. There we that go. That is only fair. Only fair. <laughs> <laughs> would, um, would, I'm joking, I'm joking. So what no, we like no to pressure, do... No pressure, no pressure, no pressure. 
what we want to do at the end is we just want to give everybody that listens to the podcast just something um, a bit different to take away. So um, give you a few seconds to think about that, Joe. Um, Mr. Joe Green, if you were to turn on your phone right now and listen to Spotify, what's on there? What are you listening to at the moment? Um, I'm having a massive Stevie Wonder revival. Um, May, yeah, just like um, songs in the key of life uh, and um, inner visions and uh, even hotter than July. And then the other one with Boogie Woman on it. Well, well done. I can't think what the album's called, but yeah, basically <laughs> all the funky as fuck ones, basically. All the funky Stevie Wonder Just tracks. because it's just, it just constantly gives. There's so, just, there's just so much. His arrangements, there's some, yeah, I can't even, I can't. The layers. You don't well. even want, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just incredible. Just vo- the vocal, vocals on it are amazing. Some of the string work on it is amazing. The fusion of like jazz elements and funk and, yeah, it's just just all incredible um, albums um, that and that just constantly keep giving. So yeah, Steve, and it fits, Stevie, uh, fits in Stevie well Wonder. with what we've been talking about today. So that's really it. Nice just happens know. to land that way. It wasn't deliberate. It just it just fell that way. Just yeah. rolls that way. Yeah, and I can... exactly. Sometimes I've been listening to the new um, Mogwai album. Um, yeah, how's that is... going? It's very interesting. I mean, they're a really interesting band anyway. Um, the album is called As The Love Continues. It was released on the same week as... It's been released this week um, when we're doing this interview, and there's a very good chance that it might go to number one in the album charts, which is for a band that, you know, are not mainstream at all. Mm. Um, it It's incredible. Um, they That's are, good. Yeah, it's amazing it for music. We talked about the fact that You Me at Six and Bring Me the Horizon have had number one albums in the last couple of months, keeping that British music scene going. Mogwai are a totally different band to those. Um, and it looks like they might get a number one record. So fingers crossed for those guys. Um, awesome. Finally, um, Joe, Mr. Soul Method. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> difference between those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what are you listening to at the moment, mate? Um, so can I just follow on from what you were saying um, just quickly is that it's amazing how people are now buying music because they've, they've got time to do it and listen to it. now. Mm. So that's one great thing from lockdown is that people are actually purchasing music more and listening to music more. And I think that's an amazing thing. But what I'm listening to right now as well, sorry to go off track there. Was, um, <laughs> it's a good point. So positive. It's, no, it's, yeah, well, it's good, isn't it? Um, I'm listening to a lot of, so I don't actually listen to a lot of drum and bass, which is weird. You'd probably find that a bit odd um, because it's good to pick inspirations from elsewhere. So I listen to a lot of soul and jazz and hip hop and stuff. Uh, but albums I'm listening to right now, Kate Renata, 99.9% and Bubba, both of his albums. They're great albums and they're completely different, but, but he's an amazing cool. producer from Canada. Check him out. Nice. How do you spell that? K-A-Y-T-R-A-N-A-D-A. Okay. Correct. Correct. (laughs) I've been a massive fan of his. But he's done like some amazing bootleg stuff, which is where he kind of got his name from. So he did a lot of sort of um, Jill Scott bootlegs, uh, Janet Jackson bootlegs, um, really, really, really big tracks, but gave him great remixes and, and he's a great producer. So just check him out, man. Hey, Trinado, everyone. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Sold Check on that. that. Very tasty. 
Mm. Nice. But that brings us to the end of the episode. Again, thank you so much, Joe, for coming on. Go and check out Soul Method on all yes. the usual platforms. Yeah, thank you. And then check out anything. Give him a follow. Give him a like. Make sure you're aware of what's coming up in his um, world, if you like. And yeah, just give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter if you're already not. Make sure you are following our playlist on the Spotify. It's called the Gatefold Gateway Songs. When this episode comes out, everything that we've talked about today, all the drum and bass and soul, it's going to go straight onto that playlist and mix shit up. So make sure you're following it because it's going to give the playlist a whole different vibe. And I personally, I can't wait. It's going to be good. It's going to be New audience. Big, nice. big, up, big up, Demo. Big up, Joe, man. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> soul Thank Method, you check it, it out. Cheers, Joe. Have a great day, guys. And we'll see you very soon. Wicked. Bye. Cheers, thanks. Bye.